Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. everybody my name is india the gentleman right next to me is mr jay powell from powell group consulting and this is indie game business uh today we've got tim collings from Glo- global game jam and also remember to unmute yourself in discord tim so that people can hear <laughs> welcome welcome to the show tim so global game jam is coming up but obviously that's what we're going to talk about before we get into that though Tell everybody, and I always love hearing these stories, so it's a bit of a selfish question, but tell everybody how you got into the industry initially and then walk us through your career up to this point. Sure. Yeah. Oh, hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Tim Collings, Executive Director of Global Game Jam. Uh, so for my career, <clears throat> I got into the industry uh, almost 13 years ago now. Uh, in 2010, I you know grew up a gamer on Atari 2600 to date myself a little bit. Uh, so I've kind of been there since the very beginning of playing games at home. Uh, always wanted, always was making my own games like text adventures and stuff on my first Atari computer that I got when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, then took a bit of a winding road to finally get to the industry. I was working at like small software companies and, uh, startups and whatnot and around a couple years before 2010 i just was like tired of that and wanted to work on something that i was passionate about uh and was watching i think it was i was was watching g4 one day and saw them doing a walkthrough of like ubisoft somewhere and they stopped by the it office and like a light went off in my head that because i was working in it at the time and i was like Oh, I could go do that for a game company and like probably be a lot happier working on something that I care about and not some uh, product that like I don't even know what the company's making. So like, spent a couple of years applying to every single job that I could find that I might qualify for. Got lucky, got hired at this little company uh, called Airtight Games that uh, was here in Redmond, Washington. Worked with a great team there, uh, led by Kim Swift of Portal Fame, which was like. A, a dream job really to start in the industry. Uh, you know, I was I was the IT person there when I started, but quickly it was a small company, so they needed people to do all sorts of different things. And I just learned the ropes real fast and got into doing QA and production and managing their social media channels. And, uh, you know, Kim and her team really just took me on and made me feel uh, welcome and like a contributor no matter what my background was. And set me up for to get me to where I am now. Uh, 
after that, I was after that company kind of folded and went under in 2014. I spent like a year looking for work. That's where I found Seattle Indies, which is a nonprofit here in Seattle that I'm now also the executive director of and uh, was how I got connected to Global Game Jam by running the event here locally in 2016. Uh, also during that time, I went to work for Oculus uh, in their IT department as a systems at systems engineer, uh, building like backend tools for our development teams and spent uh, almost six years there working on all the products from the very first commercial rift all the way up to quest the first quest that launched uh, in 2020 and while i was doing that i was volunteering with global game jam uh with seattle indies with igda made a lot of great connections there got more involved globally on the ggj side uh, as a regional organizer for the northwest and then joined the executive committee uh which is kind of which is our small nucleus of really committed dedicated organizers who really are the ones uh, responsible for making a lot of the gym happen. And then uh, in 2020, when the pandemic happened and budgets started shrinking uh, everywhere, my time at Oculus came to an end. And uh, it just so happened that my predecessor here at GGJ, uh, Joe Summers, who also was awesome to work with and uh, just made me feel welcome and gave me the space to contribute. Uh, she happened to be on her way out to a new opportunity at Unity. Uh, where she is now, and recommended me for the position of director of operations, which I took over uh, almost like right after my time at Oculus ended, and uh, did that for the last couple of years. And now, uh, after Kate Edwards, who was our executive director, stepped down earlier this year, earlier last year, actually in uh, March of last year, I took over for her role, and she was also amazing to work with, and helped me in my career and made me feel, you know, confident and gave me the space to grow. And uh, yeah, that's basically how I got to where I am now, helping people all over the world uh, make their way into the games industry. Really, I was fueled by that year of looking for work uh, to make sure that I, I didn't have to do that again. And also other people would have it easier than that. And that's a big part of why I do what I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've been there and the whole looking for work thing. And that's why now I run a consulting company because I was like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> do you miss the the programming and the technical side that you did at Oculus? Or are you happier now on, I don't want to call it the support side, but you mm -hmm. know, helping new teams and, and indie teams get into the industry and learn what they need to do and get that first foot in the door but where do you where do you get the most excitement? Yeah, I mean the technical side of things was interesting, and it was fun to be there on the on the cusp of everything as it was all starting, getting to play around with all the new technology and just see it all as it was being invented before our very eyes, and like getting to have some input with all the amazing teams that I got to work with there. So many just unbelievable smart people and like top of their field. Like that was an experience that like. A lot of people don't get to have and i'm fortunate to have had that experience uh so that part of it i definitely miss the like there's a certain amount of grindiness to it that i don't miss but uh it also you know put me in a position to open doors for myself to get to connect with people who were excited to talk to anyone who 
was working with Oculus at the time, and I used those connections to help my <laughs> indie friends, developers, community, both here in Seattle and you know around the world, to make connections to the people at Oculus who wanted to talk to them, the DevRel team, development relations, developer relations teams who were looking for anyone who was trying to make games on the platform at the time, and uh, that's really the part that I enjoy the most is making those connections creating those opportunities for folks out there, wherever you are trying to find your way into the industry, uh, make your first game, make your, you know, make whatever, how, whatever game it is you're working on, get, get support for that from publishers and uh, platform holders and all that. Uh, that's really what, what I'm passionate about. Well, see, you would be perfect for a, a consultant role because that's what I spend the majority of my days doing for my real job. So, yeah. For folks who aren't familiar with Global Game Jam, give us a an overview what it is, what you do, and, and we can build from there. But let's, <laughs> let's use that for the starting point. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, the Global Game Jam itself is uh, both an event and a nonprofit organization. Uh, I'm the executive director of the nonprofit, and we have two other uh, employees that are full-time, Taria, who's in Finland, and our director of communications and uh charlie who is our director of operations in scotland and then we have zane who is our director of technology who uh, is in toronto and manages our website uh, we have a whole board of directors and executive committee i mentioned earlier who are all volunteers all spread out all over the world all super passionate about global game jam helping out uh some of them a lot of them are current and former organizers themselves uh, and then we have our regional organizer team who are spread out in all over the world that talk to every single person that applies to host a site for Global Game Jam. Uh, and then we have site organizers who run the local versions. Um, the event itself, which uh, actually kicks off, well, it's been kicking off this whole week with uh, the GGJ Prep Week streams that we've been hosting live on our uh, Twitch channel to help people get ready for the gym uh, with content from our sponsors. And then tomorrow the official kickoff happens where we're going to reveal the theme that everybody's been waiting to hear, uh, which will be the theme for this year's gym. That is the like prompts for people. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the game gym, uh, we can even go back that far, which it's like a hackathon where people get together mostly over a weekend, uh, 48 hour period to form teams and try to make a video game or even board games or any type of game really uh, in that 48 hour period based on the, the theme, the prompt that we give them, which we'll be revealing tomorrow on our Twitch channel. And we're excited about that. Uh, typically, you know, when GGJ started, it was all in-person only. People would get together at a college or, you know, some venue or in their area and, uh, try to make games together. And since the pandemic, we've expanded it to allow for online jamming uh, or people could do a mixed mode kind of hybrid, which is what we're doing here in Seattle this year because a lot of venues are still struggling to come back and maybe can't host people for a whole weekend or people just don't want to be in person yet for, for their own personal reasons. They don't feel safe. So we're giving folks the option to join from home and work with us and keep going. Um, so we're mostly uh, volunteer run, as I said, 
and people all, all over the world. We, this year we had 900, over 900 applications come in to host a location. Uh, when we when that happens, then like I mentioned, they get contacted by their regional organizer to give them you know the expectations from GDJ, kind of the rules they have to follow, the procedure, make sure that they are who they say they are, that they know what they're what they're expected to do, and then uh, they could join the gym, and we give them kind of a basic overview of what we expect, but really they're free to run the event how they see fit for their community. All right, and so, I mean, this isn't something where, you know, you're going to make a game and there's some big award presentation. It, it's not, no one wins anything. This is very much of a, a community, let's, you know, come together, here's your challenge, you know, let's hit this. And it's easy to envision this, you know, in, as an in-live event. What challenges did you all hit, you know, when the pandemic completely screwed the entire world up and everything went sideways? What was the biggest thing to overcome? How did you all adapt, you know, in 2020? Yeah, I mean, that was huge. There was talk of, are we even going to do the gym? Because it had always been in person and we previously didn't even allow people to participate online technically. I mean, so that was a huge challenge to overcome. And most of our organizers had never done an, an online jam before. So uh, fortunately I had a, a little bit of background doing one or two of those before all this happened uh, with a couple other jams that I run. So I kind of took that knowledge and uh, applied it to how we would run things here at GDJ. But uh, just getting people familiar and up and running with uh, like Discord or whatever chat pl uh, communication platform they were using to host their jam and giving them tips to how to make people feel like it was still an in-person, like give them the same kind of feeling of an in-person jam. You know, the main, the main issue that we ran into and kind of still run into is uh, team forming. Like that's really the thing that's, been a challenge and still is a challenge in online jams because when you're all in a room together you can kind of look around and see who's there and you know you sort of know who they are maybe and know what they're good at or they can tell you and you can have those face-to-face -face conversations it's kind of a little more awkward to do that on discord or a, a chat platform like that so we've tried to make it a little easier with uh we'll use like google spreadsheets or something where people can post like their name and what they're good at and or if they're a team that's already formed, they can post, you know, this is the kind of person that we need and this is the kind of game we're working on and technology. So that's been a huge thing and just getting people excited about it really. Like there was a lot of fatigue with online events and there still is, I think. And so like just getting the participation, uh, we, we kind of expected that it would be lower and it was actually a little better than what we expected in terms of turnout and participation, but we're definitely excited to have most of our, at least half of our jam sites are in person this year, which is exciting. And uh, so, yeah, those were kind of the big, the main challenges we, we had to overcome. So as we, you know, so you did one in 2020, was 2020 the first online one? So 2020 was at the very end of January and it was basically the last real big in-person event that happened right before everything shut down and we were hearing like reports out of our from our chinese organizers that hey there's this weird flu going around you know, <laughs> like cancel things and we were like yeah whatever sure 
Like little did we know. <laughs> but 2021 was the first when it was all online. So with the adoption, you know, to going online, and it's like I think everybody at this point in the industry considers like that 2020 PAX East as like the terminus of yeah. you know of, of live events because mm-hmm. that's when everybody was like, oh wait, some there's some like serious shit going on now. And mm-hmm. um so based on what you did last year you know, in 2021 with the, with the online event, do you expect it to grow and, and surpass? And, you know, has this, has this been a, a good thing, so to speak, in terms of getting it out there and getting more people participating, or is it still trying to catch up to where it, it was, you know, three years ago? Yeah. I mean, three years ago, January, 2020, we had the biggest turnout ever. Uh, we had over 900 sites and, close to 50,000 people participated. Uh, the year after that, 2021, we had a little bit more than half of that turned out. So, you know, definitely impacted our participation. Uh, this year we're expecting to be back, or expecting to be up to probably over 35,000 jammers. So we're you know, slowly growing back to where we were. Um, and then, uh, but in terms of the online version, like. It's definitely something we plan to keep going forward. Like it increases accessibility for a lot of people uh, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're in a location where they just can't get to a site. They're in a rural area that uh, it's just too much for them to go uh, to a physical site. They have, you know, uh, conditions that prevent them from going to public spaces for whatever, whatever those might be. They have, social anxiety or who knows what, uh, you know, medical issues. It could be any any number of reasons why they can't or don't want to attend an in-person site. So giving people that option to attend virtually makes just increases accessibility, which is what GDJ is all about. And a core pillar of the event and the organization is making game development uh, accessible to anyone who wants to try it. And as you mentioned, it's not a, not a competition. It's uh, it's a uh, you know collaborative com- community event to bring people together to uh, meet and just try to learn and experiment and have some fun. So we've got our, our first question coming here from Hector on on Facebook. So how has Global Game Jam culturally impacted the international industry? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I've been a lot of places. I haven't been everywhere, but I can talk about uh, you know when I go to events like gdc like uh, gamescom or any of the smaller any real game uh, conference and i meet people there uh i always meet somebody who tells me that ggj was how they found their way into the industry and you know they didn't really have an industry so to speak of where they were from uh but somebody hosted a global game jam event and they heard about it and they went there and uh, met the right people made, made connections made a game, you know, learned that they like working with somebody and maybe not right away, but a a year or two down the road, that person is working at a company and finds out that the company needs uh, somebody who can do a thing like that person that they worked with at the gym did, they get recommended, they get a job and, uh, you know, they're on their way to their career in the industry and GTJ was kind of the jumping off point and we, uh, we like to say that Global Game Jam is where the industry begins. And uh, that's really, I think, the impact, one of the major impacts that it's had. And just uh, 
showing that we can all come together on a on a to, on a uh, shared interest of making games, uh, no matter where you are, no matter what country you're in, what's your religious background, cultural background. Uh, we all just love game development and love making games and working together and on those things. And it's all we're all doing it at the same time. Uh, everybody is experiencing similar things in a similar way wherever they are. And that's really the uh, exciting part of the, of the Global Game Jam is it is a true global event. We're in 108 countries this year uh, We hit so far. And we even have folks like in places like Ukraine that are under you know, extreme circumstances, but they're still gonna work on it and still participate and still make games. So really uh, it just has that power of bringing people together uh, for this for the same purpose of making games and breaks down a lot of barriers uh, that that would exist otherwise so we put a link in chat um if you want to find a location near you and so if, if you're listening on the podcast and you obviously can't see what the chat says it's globalgamejam.org slash 2023 slash jam dash sites and like you said they're absolutely all over the place um what do you know? You touched on some of it right there in terms of people that come in and they they do the jam and then they end up going into the industry, or they they find out about the industry, you know, for better or for worse. Because I imagine there's you know people that come in and do it for a weekend or a week and they're like, oh hell no, this is <laughs> you know not not my world. What are some of the benefits, both like you know on the immediate individual level but also longer term on the career level that go along with with participating in, in global game jam uh yeah i mean there's a lot of benefits the main one being just the connectivity to the, the other people around you in your area or the people in your online gym that you meet uh that you start to network with that's a big big advantage and reason why we do Global Game Jam is to bring those people together in the same space to meet each other, to know that there's other people around you that are doing the same thing. And that becomes your support group, your friends. Uh, so that's really the big part. It's also a way to find out, like you said, if this is if this is for you, like it's a low, <clears throat> low stakes way to find out if you like it, if you want to do it, if you want to pursue it, you don't have to you know, spend thousands of dollars, hundreds or thousands of dollars on a course on, you know, we're enrolling in a, in a, in a school to find out, well, I don't really like this and now you're out all this money and, uh, you know, then you're kind of stuck. So, you know, come to a, a GGJ event, try it out, see if you like it. And we've had a lot of people do that. They, they try it and they pursue, pursue from there or they just decide it's not for them and move on. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to go into this year's topic. That that that's tomorrow. That's that's the big announcement. But what I mean, and we can look at a, a topic in years past. So, what does a typical topic look like? How how is the the, the jam framed in terms of, of that aspect? Uh, in terms of the theme, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, we have a theme committee that uh, is all volunteers and organizers from all over the world that uh, meets and for the for, for like two months and throw out ideas and have some th thoughts about what's going to work. Like it has to be something that can resonate with people around the entire world and also be 
translatable into different languages and still kind of have the same impact. So that's always a hard thing for them to have to uh, <clears throat> think about and deal with. Uh, the one last year was duality. Uh, the year before that, we had lost and found. Uh, we've had others like repair and waves and transmission. Um, what home means to you was a good one, I thought. Uh, so those those are the ones that but then it's always interesting to see like how people interpret that like every we had close to six thousand submissions around the topic of duality last year and uh you know it's interpreted every possible way and every possible game genre uh that you can imagine so it's always exciting to see what people come up with and the spark of creativity that just flies from this from when we announced that theme uh, and then beyond that, we have our diversifiers, which were just announced the other day. And those are kind of separate challenges that people can, optional challenges that people can choose to engage with if they want. And there's different types of diversifiers uh, to make your jam and your game a little more constrained or challenging or uh, or whatnot. So, yeah. All right, I'm back. I vanished for a second because my entire screen blacked out there. But... I still heard you, so we're, we're all still good as long as everybody can still hear me on that side. Yeah. So I love the fact that they're so you know vague and open that there are a lot of you know ways that it can be interpreted. How on earth do you when you get all of these submissions in and you get six thousand submissions from around the world? What do you do with them? How do you go through that many? You know, is there a showcase afterwards? Because, oh my word, that's <laughs> a lot of content. Yeah. So it's all, it all lives on our websites. Uh, as people participate in more and more jams over the years, it kind of becomes like a living history and a profile piece and a portfolio that they can then use, uh, as we were talking about earlier, and, you know, how things, how it can benefit your career, like with your user page and GGJ can turn into a portfolio of stuff that you've actually worked on and finished and can show to people and uh, people that are looking for talent to hire, you know, that that actually does matter that you've created something and you have something to show that you've worked on. Um, yeah. And then, uh, but in terms of how we, what we do with it, I mean, we do try to play some of them on streams. Most of, the sites have their own kind of uh, wrap up thing that they do. Like they'll do final presentations and a lot of them stream those on Twitch and they'll either play the games or show trailers or uh, show some gameplay footage and let the folks who made the games come on and talk about it a little bit. And we create a huge playlist of all of those and people can upload their games to YouTube and uh, tag them with hashtag GGJ23 and we'll add them to our playlist so people can go find them and, We've had sponsors like Unity do a whole stream where they'll pick their favorite games that were made with Unity and play those on stream and talk about them and bring out some of the devs that worked on them and talk to them. So uh, there's all different ways that we we have to highlight those. That's all, and, and you know you hit on a point right there that is very important. This is something that you can absolutely you know even though you only do it for five days, something you can absolutely use on a resume in you know, in a portfolio or whatever, you know, the number one thing that, you know, publishers always want to know before they sign anything is, is this game going to be finished? And, right. you know, here, if you can show that you can 
get a game finished, no matter how simple it is, you know, in that amount of time and actually get it to somewhat of a playable, releasable state, that's a huge thing. That and, and right. I don't think that gets enough, you know, voice out there that it's not just a here's a hobby, here's something we're going to do for five days. This can be something you actually really use down the road. Um, all right, so Hector's got another question. Global Game Jam has organized other jams such as Cultural Heritage Jam and the Mental Health Jam. Will they still do that sort of jam? And, and what have been the results? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, thanks Hector. Uh, we do what we call partner jams with other organizations. Like the Cultural Heritage Jam was actually with uh, the Cultural Antiquities Task Force of the United States State Department. Uh, is a mouthful but they were great to work with and just wanted to connect with people around the world to uh create and present games that represent things from their cultural heritage and help people learn more about it and their main main aim was actually uh stopping the theft and trafficking of antiquities which happens around the world and to bring that to light and come up with solutions and ideas uh from game developers and engage their creative minds on how we can tackle these complex problems and same with the uh, mental health gym which we worked on with uh, Deepwell DTX which is a new company that is trying to make games that will be uh, used could be like used in I don't know if they could be prescribed by a doctor but like they they're kind of like a therapeutic used as a therapeutic tool is the what they're trying to do where people can play a game if they're having suffering from uh, mental health conditions to sort of help uh, soothe those conditions and feel better. So uh, we had, uh, I think, for each of those jams, we had over 100 games come out of them. Um, those those jams actually were competitions judged by industry professionals, and there were prizes involved with those. And the teams got some funding to work on the game somewhere that won those. So. Uh, those are smaller events that happen throughout the year, uh, and those typically are online-only events. And we'll definitely be doing more of those. I don't know if we'll be doing exactly those gyms, but like we already have partners lining up for 2023 and beyond that want to do game jams with us, uh, helping them run the gym, and then you know with our community who is all primed and excited to uh, be a part of jams and know what a game jam is and are can make good games for them. You have got to check out our Discord at discord.gg slash indie game business. It's an amazing community of over 3,500 other industry experts We've got developers, publishers, marketing and PR firms, investors, so, so many, so many. It's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts. You can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others. We have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck, finding a publisher and more. Remember, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. So, uh, Calix got a good question. Why would I attend or participate in a game jam instead of working on my own little thing on my own? 
uh, I mean, there's a couple answers to that. We've talked about a bunch of them already. It's a great place to come and meet people. It's a great place to just, you know, take a break from the game that maybe you've been grinding away on for years and try something new, have a, have a little creative break and creative outlet to just work around on something fun that's not going to, probably not going to ship. I mean, some of them actually do become a real product, but most of people who don't go there with that attention, intention uh, it like as a way to rekindle and re-spark some of your creative excitement for making games. Uh, and the other thing is you could just come to the gym and work on your own thing. I mean, we don't really require that you do make a game. Uh, you know, you can just use it as work time to be around other game devs and, you know, show them what you're working on and uh, get some feedback on it. Like that they might be busy working on their own game, but some people might be interested. And so, uh, you know, that's really up to you. And that actually bleeds straight into the next question from Bjorn. Are there any notable success stories to share for how devs have gone from Global Game Jam to, to fame and fortune and all the good things that come with commercial releases and launching something live? Yeah, there's actually, there was actually an article just last week that I just put in the private chat here uh, that uh, talked about like top 10 memorable games that came out of game jams and a bunch of them were ggj games uh, i would say surgeon simulator uh, is probably the most notable game to come out of global game jam over the years uh there was another one home improvisation that was a ggj game uh but you know i know uh a lot of stories locally here in seattle people come to a gym they meet each other they come up with like a good idea that gets a good response in the room full of other game developers. And when they see it at the end of the gym, that sparks them to go on and keep working on that thing and release it. Uh, it's also, like I said, a great way to find out if you just like working with a person and maybe, you know, your game jam idea doesn't go any farther than the gym, but you, you start a team, you start a studio, you, you know, work on things together from there. So uh, there's definitely a lot of stories of people getting together uh, and making games out of the gym. And we have tons of sponsors for the gym that are all big uh, industry players like Microsoft and uh, Intel and uh, smaller uh, game creation platforms. And Unity, of course, is one of our sponsors. And they're all, they all have their eyes on what's going on in the gym and looking for good new content. So. Uh, it's definitely a way to showcase your talents and skills and what you're good at to people out there who might, you know, want to give you funding someday for your gyms or for your games or your team or hire you to work for them. Like, you know, use it as a, as a chance to springboard yourself if that's what you're looking for. Uh, we have a Discord that you can join and all of our sponsors are there and interacting with uh, jammers. And so it's just a great opportunity to put yourself out in front of really the whole industry who's paying attention to uh, the gym over the next week. All right. So uh, a question that I will admit I stole from Twitter, the, you know, with the purpose of the game jam being, okay, look, you have a defined set of time to get this thing done. And, you know, that's not necessarily going to fit into a nine to five work schedule. Sure. Are there issues with, do you feel, and I'm going to know, obviously you don't feel like this, are, are there, you know, people who feel that, you know, the concept of a game jam in general contributes to the crunch culture in the industry? And, you know, if so, you know, how do you address that sort of thing? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And we hear that all the time. Um, I think people that come to a game jam can put themselves in that mindset that they want. They're going to crunch and try to make something uh, great out of 48 hours. That's not the expectation for GDJ. And that's expressly why it's not a competition and why we extended it from the typical just 48 hour weekend period to a full week where people can choose the hours that they work uh, if they're doing it remotely. Uh, you know, typically most sites will run over a weekend because it's just logistically hard to find a venue that would host you for a whole week. Um, so, but we always encourage people to take their time to, you know, make sure they're getting enough rest and getting enough food and drink and, uh, you know, not putting themselves in that place where they feel like they have to crunch. Like if the game doesn't get finished, uh, there's really no consequence. You're not going to get laid off from your job. You're not going to lose your funding. You're not going to uh, be, you know, financially hurt by it. You just maybe you won't finish, have a finished product at the end. And that's totally fine too. The, the object is just that you tried, that you worked with people, that you met people, that you had a fun time. Uh, if a game comes out of it, great. If not, uh, that, that doesn't really matter either. Like just do your best and you know, listen to each other and support each other. And, uh, you know, we're here, we're not here to try to make you feel like you have to work yourself to death to make like a triple A title in a weekend. That's crazy. Like that's, that's just never going to happen. Like just try you know, focus on maybe one mechanic, try to learn one new thing at the gym. Like, you know, that's, that's really the best advice that I can try to give people. And, and so there's a, a good bit of feedback that I, I can't click it and put it on the screen because it's a long answer and it will like take the entire screen <laughs> if I do this. Um, but Siegevic from Twitch points out, you know, in, in responding to the whole, why do this versus working on my own project? Uh, it gives valuable experience with working with others while developing a pretty much inevitably needed slash valuable skill experience and working with others on a game with limited time overall provides a valuable experience for making and developing a game from start to tangible finish and learning about your own habits and seeing everything from an outside view. And that is, especially when you're a solo dev, that's something that, you know, everybody is guilty of at some point or another, you can't necessarily see, you know, how someone else is viewing it because you're so deep in the forest on, on what you're doing. You already know everything, you know, you know, all the stuff. So you can't really see how other people are going to attach that, uh, attack that problem or that situation. So especially if you're a solo dev, it's really good to sit down and work with a team for a week and just say, all right, what else can somebody bring to the table that supports what I do? Yeah, hundred percent. And I was talking with this with somebody else about this the other day, like how, you know, game, game development. If you're trying to get a go to work at a studio, you really have to know what every other person and team is doing and how long their part of it's going to take and uh, what what tools they use and how to interact with them, uh, how to set expectations of what they can and can't deliver in certain amounts of time. It's like that's just it's going to be invaluable knowledge and you know just learning from other people and getting advice on how they do things is going to be invaluable as well. Uh, you might pick up a new tool that you never heard of. Uh, you might pick up like some new shortcuts to get things done. Some new unity plugin that just came out that somebody found that does a thing that you're trying to do. Like there's all, all sorts of reasons why you'd want to be in that environment around all those 
you know, game developers and creative folks who have have different experiences than you and can help you on your way as a, as a solo dev or as a part of a team. And, and it's going to help with soft skills like communication and even project management. I mean, even though it's a short, short time frame, you've still got to organize all this stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. Little things like that along the way. So um, next question. So what is, I don't want to say saddest situation. What is the most difficult situation you've experienced as an organizer? And what has been <laughs> the most pleasant and most fun that you've seen come out of an event so far? I mean, there's always difficulties when you're host organizing a big event with, uh, you know, here in Seattle, we get over 200 people usually when we do them in person. So there's always a lot of uh, different things that go wrong. You know, the power goes out or circuit blows, somebody gets locked out of the building. Uh, there's all those different things to think about. Uh, it's always hard when you see a new person come and they're super nervous and shy and don't know how to integrate and maybe they kind of just dip out before things get started because they just get overwhelmed by it. Uh, we try to engage with those people as soon as we can when we see them uh, at a jam site and sort of welcome them in and help them find somebody to work with if we can. Uh, but, you know, it's some people it's just a little too much for us. So that's kind of always hard to uh, hard to see. And then there's, you know, the people who their game doesn't work and they kind of uh, get upset about that. And they're, they're really, you know, we're all creative and competitive with ourselves and want to do the best we can. So uh, we always try to just, you know, tell people it's about the experience, like I said, and it's about working together. Um, geez, the most pleasant and fun. I mean, that's, that's hard to pick just one of them. It's always just the fun is just seeing all the, just being around all the creative people and the energy and, you know, it's been three years here since we've done an in-person game jam uh, locally, and I just I, I miss it. I miss all that energy, all that excitement, all that creativity, all together in one room, uh, and then all the games that come out of it at the end, and just the fun of watching them. Uh, we we do our jams at the Pacific Science Center here in Seattle, and they let us use one of their big IMAX screens to play the games on at the end, and so just. I haven't seen everybody get excited about a game or there's that big like moment where something you know might go wrong and everybody's oohing and on and th those are always the best parts and then just afterwards getting the feedback from the folks who said they were nervous about it or this was their first time or uh you know they weren't sure if making games was for them and they get inspired uh, by what they saw and what they experienced at the gym and keep going with it and you know we they enroll in a class or they pursue a job that they were going after and uh, those success stories that come out of it of people who tried it and pushed themselves a little bit out of their comfort zones uh, to take part in the gym and get something great out of it is what what is most uh, fulfilling for me as an organizer so to address the the shy developer or those that you know may not succeed have you ever or do you or have you ever thought about bringing in experienced devs to act as, as mentors totally yeah that's something that we uh, do here when we do jams and um, locally and try to provide them when we do the online jams as well uh, we we started a guild system here in seattle where we have the more experienced devs are kind of running the coder guild the art guild the audio guild 
and they're monitoring Discord or sitting at a table if it's a physical location where people have questions, can come ask them, or they're the ones that are really like looking out for those developers who need a team and they go, you know, sit and talk with them and find out what their skills are and what they're capable of. And uh, we'll go around the room or post something on our Discord to say, hey, we have this person here who can do X and Y and Z. And I think you'd be great for your team. Why don't you let them join? So that's uh, that's a way that we've addressed that. And then they're there to help with really hard problems. And, you know, they, they maybe can't commit to a full 48 hours, but they can be there for, you know, a few hours in the afternoon or evening. And uh, that's been really helpful and it's a good way if you're an organizer out there yourself to connect with the companies that are might be in your area the game companies the professional devs uh, it's a good way to sort of get them to see what you're doing and what your community is doing capable of and to potentially turn into sponsors and uh you know be part of be more uh, active actively involved in what you're doing it's like a good starting point for to create those partnerships and connections so what are the what are the tips what are the advice that you would give to to folks who are coming in doing this for the for the first time you know where should they start what should they be prepared for what typically goes wrong what what, do you, what should guidance on that one yeah i mean i'd say try to have a goal in mind of what you want to accomplish at the gym like uh, if you're trying to learn something, uh, if you're trying to just make new friends and meet new people, just have like a very a simple and achievable goal at the gym. Like <laughs> if you're coming there to try to like, quote unquote, win it or make the best game at the gym, like that might not be attainable for some people. Just set your expectations, you know, before you get there and just put yourself out there a little bit and like i said step outside of your your comfort zone and make some new connections a lot of what we do uh, at our gyms is give people a chance to pitch game ideas or pitch themselves as what they're good at and what they're available for um, and then just find the organizers if you're really nervous and uh, have a hard time connecting with people you know we're there to help you facilitate those those connections and make you feel welcome and make you feel like you're a part of the community. You know, just walking in the door or signing up for the gym online. That's a, a you're already, you know, crossed a huge hurdle and succeeded in my mind. Like you you're there and we want you there and you want to be there. So, you know, take make the most of your time make uh, make good connections with people and don't be afraid to offer your ideas and don't be too uh, intimidated by all the people around you. Like I know it's an intimidating situation can be to walk into a room full of people that uh, are developers and might've done this before. And, uh, but they're excited that you're there, you know, like we're all excited that you're there. They all want the more the merrier as far as we're concerned. And uh, you know, don't be too, too hard on yourself if things don't go right like that that's expected at a game jam like you're almost certainly gonna fail at something and possibly everything so like uh but but the success is just being there and being with uh being with the, the people and making new friends and being in that environment and making uh new connections and learning some new things so uh those are the main bits of advice that i would tell people and just 
take it take it slow and take it easy and uh, make sure you're hydrating and eating and resting there's a lot to be said about simply having everyone together you know if, if you're in a place where you're comfortable with that because god knows i love online events i've been running one for four years now but even last year going back to gdc it was encouraging and it was like gives you a whole new batch of energy and especially when you've been doing this for as long as you and i have mm -hmm. we do get old and grizzled and cynical and <laughs> it's always one of those things you know a side benefit for me going to any live event is the fact that once you're around everybody you know again and you see you know, people being so excited and so passionate about that. It gets you excited and passionate about it. And you remember why you do this. And it's even totally. more so when we go to shows that have a consumer aspect of it. And it's like, you know, there's so much grief that comes from the gamer community now and so much toxicity that when you go in and you see other developers and they're excited, and they're, you know, this is what they're going to do and, and they get into it. And then you see, especially kids come in and, you know, they get excited, you know, watching a stream or playing a game. It's like, oh yeah, this is why I've been doing this for 25 years for better or for worse. <laughs> and right. it, it, it's just a good pick me up. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's totally it. Like, uh, you know, the GDC and even the gym is like exhausting to participate in, but then you come out so super energized and like, just that whole, all that creative energy around you uh, just feels that fire, like you said, and makes you want to do it more and keep going. And is that reminder of why you do all this? You know? All right. So there's one big event every year. How long does it take you? When do you start planning for next year? How long does it take you to put all of this together? Because, I mean, you're talking about regional leaders and individual groups and people there's a lot that goes into this. Is it like immediately in two weeks, you're going to start for 2023 or four, whatever year we're in at this point, or <laughs> how yeah, long does it take to, to do this? I mean, in my mind, I'm already thinking about next year, uh, 2024. <laughs> like the org is, is always working on ways that we can improve the events, the main event for everybody. Uh, since that's really the whole core existence of GGJ and why we do it. Um, we run those smaller events throughout the year, like I mentioned, to keep engaged with our community and, uh, you know, have some other source of fundraising outside of the main events. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we start in earnest really ramping up everybody on the team that is involved with this, like, late September, early October. Uh, we get everybody going about a month or two in advance on the executive committee to make sure we have every, all our ducks in a row for what needs to happen for people to be able to participate and register their sites and register to be a part of the gym and figure out what things we need to change from last year uh, based on feedback that we got. And, you know, the main, the main thing that we're working on in parallel to this is our website, which is like just been a constant source of uh, issues for everybody over the years. And, uh, you know, Zane, our, our director of technology has been working 
behind the scenes on a new version of it that we're hopefully that it we're planning to launch for the next year's gym. So that's taken up a lot of time. Uh, but hopefully we'll make things a little better for everyone and we can iterate and improve on the things that people have been asking us for for a long time that we just can't do technically with the the website that we have now. So that's that's you know that's how we how we run things. It, it never ends, basically. Basically, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. I'll take All like right, a so, week off after this jam and then kind of be right back at it. So, so people people ask me at the end of one of our videos, like, when's the next one? I'm like, I don't know. Just don't right. just it. ask me in three weeks. Right now, right. it's um, it's it's never. Um, <laughs> All right, so we got time for for one or two more questions. If you're if you're watching live, if you're in the Discord, pop them mm -hmm. up there, and, and we'll get them going. Um, and then I had one, and I completely lost my train of thought on on where that was. Oh, got it. All right, so if someone wants to, you know, join, but they don't have a team yet, how can they go about finding a team, or, or I mean, building a team? would be easier if you knew the people, but how can they get set up with other people who are also looking for team members? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, the great part about GGJ is it's uh, usually at least 50% new people that have never done it before. Uh, so if you go to our website, you click on locations, you can find a location near you or an online location, either in your area or, you know, that it looks interesting to you to sign up for. Uh, and then once you get, signed up for the site the site organizers will contact you as to their process for getting you into the gym getting you to find a team to work with uh you know they we have some guidelines that we provide for people on how to do that but every organizer has their own way of doing that they some people do icebreakers uh they have their own team forming exercises if it's like an in-person gym some of them will put like different indicators on like your name tag as to what type of skill set you might have and kind of help let people pair off that way. Uh, the way we do it, like I mentioned here locally in my town in Seattle is people will pitch a game idea and say like, I'm a programmer and I know unity and I need artists and audio people. So if you like my idea, come, uh, come work with me. And so teams kind of form around the game ideas and the technologies that people plan to use and are proficient at. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways for that, but we definitely want more new people to come. It's always, it's a great place to start because like there, it, it's not a competition. So there's no very low stakes in terms of like what, what the teams are going to expect you to be able to do. And, you know, a lot of people have been doing it for years and love like to see new people join and, bring them under their wing and mentor them up and help them, you know, learn new skills and just feel a lot more confident about uh, their possibilities as game developers going forward. So any last minute thoughts, feedback, tips, guides, warnings? I mean, I know you're not going to drop us the, the new theme for this year, but <laughs> any last minute thoughts you want to, bounce out there before we roll and we let you get into the chaos that's going to be your next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, just I hope everybody out there, uh, you know, tries it if they want to, like we're here, we have over almost over 750 locations around the world are participating over the next coming week from the 30th of January to the 5th of February. So there's almost certainly one 
in your part of the world uh, or an online site that you can join. Like I mentioned, we have uh, the GDJ Discord, which you can find on our website, globalgamejam.org. All the information is there. We have uh, a ton of great sponsors that are involved in the jam this year and have free offers for you to take advantage of uh, like different game engines. You can try for free different game making tools like Houdini offers their uh, indie license for free for two months for anybody who's taking part in the jam. So you can, if that's something you're interested in, you could try that. Uh, we have like AWS is offering free credits for people who take part in the gym or just want to try it out. I mean, there's multiple different offers and reasons why you'd want to try it. And then just getting to meet your community and meet other folks uh, that are making games around you and learning from them and being a part of it and just have a great time, you know, just uh, go try something new and learn something new and learn, learn something new about yourself and about the people around you. And, uh, connect with your community and and really have, have fun at Global Game Jam. Meet, have fun, create something cool, don't stress about it, and drink water. Exactly. <laughs> also, well, Tim, I greatly appreciate you taking some of your valuable time, you know, on the doorstep of, of the new jam to come on and, and talk about it. Like you said, if you've got any questions, you want to find out anything, locations, find teams, it's globalgamejam.org. And then we will be back next week talking publishing, I believe. Dan's not here, so I'm not going to bet on that. <laughs> but we'll be back. Our next conference is coming up March 8th and 9th. It's fully digital. Pitch a game. Find some, you know, find a publisher, find marketing, all that sort of good stuff. And do it from your privacy of your own home or office before we all get crazy and go to GDC. Um, so with that, everybody... Take care. Have a wonderful weekend. And then we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank, thank you. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.